Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our interview with Sarah Colney. Let's jump right back in. you were talking about how how our grief can just kind of show up depending on how we're thinking about it and I'm wondering how do you think our grief is affected by others around us by people Mm. forcing us to move on or by people Mm. encouraging us to be compassionate what do you think about that yeah I think it depends a lot on like the client and each individual situation but definitely like pressures of you should be over it by now, I think end up being much more harmful for clients and in a lot of ways can contribute to prolonging the like intensity to which someone is experiencing their grief because it feels like, again, if we're going to come back to perfectionism a little bit, it can feel like I should be over this. People are telling me that I should be, and so I should be, but why am I not? And there can be like this like internal conflict, I guess, is the best way maybe for me to describe it, of like having that struggle of like, I'm still feeling all of these feelings, but I feel like I shouldn't be. And so then having to re-engage with like being self-compassionate of like, it's going to take however long it's going to take. Um, and sometimes too, one of my other favorite things to talk about besides anger is like boundaries and like advocating. So I'll talk to a lot with clients about, especially for more passive clients, which I very much relate to. I have a very hard time like setting boundaries. I'm a people pleaser. Like if somebody tells me like, oh, you should be over this. I'd be like, okay, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to just like checking in internally and being like, actually, no, that's not true. I'm going to, it's going to take me however long it's going to take me. Um, But being able to like say, to whoever, whether that's like a parent or a friend or a coworker or a boss, whatever, like this is how much time I need. And like, this is something that's really difficult for me. Um, So we'll do a lot of just like general I statement work and like other kind of assertive communication work of, you know, I appreciate that you like care about me, but this is where I am. Or when you say, Mm -hmm. I should be over this. That makes me feel really bad. And being able to express like this is something that's like not helpful to me, which is so it's like so hard to do because it's all this like it's a combination of multiple things of like the grief being uncomfortable in and of itself. And like, how do you process that? And then like other ways to be able to like advocate and ask for assistance or to like set a boundary of like this is something that's not helpful to me and I don't want to hear it. And having to do that while you're in the midst of this very tumultuous emotional time, not, mm-hmm. not necessarily very easy to do, but not at all. And I, I think about the, just the examples we receive from media, generally speaking, I mean, I'm talking just like news, but I'm also talking what we see in TV shows um, yeah. and movies 
which I think about maybe too much, but just like on a higher scale, like even if, even if we, like, if we're grieving about mass shootings, you know, and we'll yeah. put in a trigger warning for this, obviously, or if we're grieving about natural disasters or mm -hmm. very much preventable disasters, yes. um, these and how we typically receive the response of instead of like something action oriented, we receive like, oh, this is no time for change. Mm -hmm. This is the time for grieving, grieving. And then we don't actually do it together, like more divisiveness happens. And then, yeah. and then we're fed this message that this is really how grief is supposed to be just kind yeah. of a blip in our experience. And yeah, I mean, we really have a lot going against us when it comes to grieving on a micro and a macro level. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I think we have been talking a little, maybe a little bit more about stuff on like a micro level, but when it comes to like macro level grief, mm -hmm. yeah. then, then it's like a whole other ball game. <laughs> totally. It's, and it's been like so much too, like, again, talking to many of my like AFAB clients about Roe being overturned and like, oh, well, like we're losing our rights. And there's like a lot of anger and grief around like that process and like living in a society that feels like they just like don't care. Um, and so a lot of like anger and frustration and sadness around that. And then also like, yes, all the mass shootings that we've had to deal with, like the fact that there's still a pandemic going on, the fact that there's a war happening in Ukraine, like so, so many things. And a lot of those conversations that I've had with clients have been around like healthy boundary setting, like you are allowed to experience your feelings about this. Like, it's not about not feeling those feelings because we are citizens of the world and we are going to have significant feelings about what it is that's happening. But in what ways is that like serving us, not serving us? How is that helpful? How is it not helpful? Especially with like media, 24 hour news cycles and everything isn't necessarily the most like healthy thing. So figuring out like, in what way do I need to cut off certain things? Because if I continue to expose myself to this, is it going to, am I going to end up like mm -hmm. feeling better about it? Probably not. So I, I'm a huge fan of like acceptance. I do a mm -hmm. lot of like dialectical behavioral therapy. And so you talk a lot about radical acceptance. Um, and then I'm actually also taking a course on act acceptance and commitment mm -hmm. therapy, which has been nice. very interesting. Nice. Um, but very much being able to sort of understand like what are the things that are within our control? What are the things that aren't within our control? Because focusing on all the things that aren't within our control is probably just going to make us feel worse. So what are the things that we can do? And part of that is like feeling your feelings about it and allowing yourself to like feel however, right? Upset, you know, angry, sad, whatever it is that comes up for you. Um, and then also like in what ways do you have to like disconnect from some of that? Because there is only so much that we can do around bigger things that are happening. Um, but like the two of you had been talking about at the beginning of the podcast, like go out and vote, get involved if you can, right? Like if you have the energy and if you have the time for it, like, you know, being able to get involved with like different community activism related things, like call your senators, like call your reps, mm -hmm. like whatever, whatever it is that you feel like you're able to do. There's so much more that can be done, but focusing more on like practical action, um, rather than kind of getting lost in the miasma of like all of the depressing stuff that we read on the internet. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Direct action all the way. I mean, it's, it's why we have the 40 hour work week. It's mm -hmm. why we had row in the first place. It's right. why it's why women of all color are able to vote. Um, right. And as, as we're talking about this too, I'm just so grateful 
that our field is expanding to have more BIPOC therapists and more, I mean, it, and more AFAB mm -hmm. therapists as well as like therapists that can serve like poor and working class individuals. Cause I yeah. feel like over the past six months, a lot of folks have been like, y'all I've been, I didn't have rights. <laughs> All of this was already, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was, I have been grieving for uh, a, a very long time. I, you know, I've been grieving something that I never had. And I'm just, just kind of like shout out to all, all the people showing up to help yeah. people that have not been helped previously. I just feel like we need to do a round of applause or just like, you know, send good vibes all the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's We're sending our vibes. vibes. We should take a picture of this. I don't remember I how to take a picture. I don't <laughs> <laughs> We're all <leaving. laughs> oh, Okay. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Can I bring in like a like a like an example from media that that came to my mind? It's a spoiler for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Is that okay for both? Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, listeners, know. if it's not, just fast yeah, forward. Just don't listen to this part. I don't know how much <laughs> this is gonna even connect with what we were saying, but it for some reason it it came to my mind, and uh, I might even take this part out. But at some point, Buffy dies. Wait, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I told did you decide, like two. Spoiler. I did decide like two days ago that I was gonna watch Buffy, but I really want you to share. With no. <laughs> I mean, like, this is like, it's like a, a you know, it's, it's a show about okay. someone like killing vampires. She's going to die at some point. Yeah. And it's like 30 years old. Yeah. And oh. um, she comes back to life. Oh, fuck you. Right. Um, and she's like really mourning the fact that she was dead. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I don't know. It it just reminded me of that. Maybe I will like just I don't I don't know. It was just like it's so and no one can understand her because they they were like they were the ones who brought her back to life. They're like, hooray, you're with us. And she's like, no, I don't want to be here. Um yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I this is too much. Example. Is there is there no, is there anything else like specific that you noticed about how she so I do think grief provides like a another plane of understanding and existence yeah. for folks that experiencing it, mm -hmm. that experience it. So Joanna, is there like something that stood out to you that she had a grasp on that no one else was getting? Well, she was like, you know, and I mean, in this mythology, there is life after death. And she was like, it was just so much more calm there and yeah. like because she's like the chosen one and has to like fight people and her life mm -hmm. is a lot and um you know just like how kind of like quiet and contemplative she got um yeah yeah mm -hmm. it yeah. was really beautiful so watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer I guess <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really yeah. do want to. I love yeah. that so much. Yeah. I think it's like a very interesting commentary. And I haven't seen Buffy. Um, it's great. But I'm like very familiar with it. Um, but I think that's such a um, a nice way of sort of exploring a little bit of like mortality. Because that's mm -hmm. a big part that of what comes into grief is like also within the tasks, tasks of mourning when we talk about like, okay, how do I how do I see myself in the world now? after my loss and something that comes up for, for many people, not all, but for many is then like kind of considering my own 
mortality and like, what does that mean? And am I having a harder time with kind of like living in the world right now? And like, how do I adjust? Or is there like peace that can come from that? Right. If to be a little existential, right. Like it's all arbitrary. It doesn't matter. You only have one life. So being able to make meaning out of that in whatever way you want to make meaning out of it. Um, and I think the, the added dimension of like this idea of like bringing in religion or spirituality, right. Like in Buffy, if there is an afterlife, like presumably the afterlife is probably better than life on earth, yes. especially when you're a vampire slayer. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's like such an interesting concept. Yeah. That's like yeah. Cool. It's really cool. I mean, I, I, I watched it a while ago. I, I can't like vouch for how it holds up, but it like really struck me. I was like, wow, this is yeah this isn't something I've seen before um yeah yeah that's awesome yeah I really <laughs> like that Buffy yeah it's funny too I'm like I'm in the process of rereading a book series that I love it's a young adult series and the last book is coming out in October what is it called it's called um, The Raven Cycle okay. and the spinoff series with the last book coming out in October is called The Dreamer Trilogy. It's by Maggie Stiefvater. I love her. She's amazing. Um, and a lot of the themes that run throughout both books is like grief and loss and sort of coming to terms with like your own mortality and then also like relationships, found family um, being known, that's a huge theme in her books is like how one is perceived versus being actually known and like understood as like a person. Um, but grief is a huge part of, of the books, like for pretty much all of the characters who are involved. And when I originally read the series, um, I had like a, I was still working like in the mental health field, but I was doing something very different than I'm doing right now. And I like enjoyed it just for like enjoyment's sake. Like it was a beautifully like well-written book. But now that I have been doing like more grief work um, and have been like working in private practice and like having a little bit more autonomy over the, like the clients that I'm seeing and the work that I'm doing, I'm like rereading this book and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like so much there's so much in here to like unpack and sort of like explore around grief. And like, it's, it's young adults. So it's very much written more for like, like teens, people in like maybe their early twenties, like that kind of thing. But it gives like, I think such a beautiful perspective on processing and not necessarily processing well. Um, and so it's like very interesting. And like now that the the final book is like going to be coming out, she's never revisiting this series again. Like there's going to be like a huge wrap up that's going to happen. And I'm like hoping I'm like, fingers crossed that there is like a little bit more of this like resolution around this one particular character's grief because he's experiencing like so much trauma. There's like one of the other characters in the book calls him the PTSD poster boy. And I'm like, Oh, that's probably super accurate. Poor thing. (laughs) Um, But I'm hoping that there is this like resolution of like understanding that you don't have to be like owned by these experiences, which I think can be so powerful because so much of like the books and his motivations are uh, like, this is how I am Mm -hmm. and it's never going to be any different. And being able to come to that understanding of like, no, it can be like, and you have the capacity to be able to make that different. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't know. I think like literature and like TV and stuff can like say a lot about like the human experience in like really beautiful ways. <laughs> and then also in like really unhealthy ways too. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. I mean, that's where we get the like, oh, I'm not handling it air quotes well, like right. because of, you know, all of these things. But I, I do think there's hopefully a trend towards like more acceptance of like differing, yeah. um, just like reactions to grief, right? Um, whether they be... Mm-hmm you know, low intensity or high intensity. Right. Um, yeah. 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 In that vein, I watched uh, Supernatural this summer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so was, good. That's what I was doing all summer, <laughs> all summer. And oh man, what a, what a pair of people, what a, what a group of people, but just watching how <laughs> these, these at times terrible and at other times endearing, like pair of men are just like, growing and it, so it's a show what started like 15 17 years ago yeah. and you can see that the one brother the dean he like has no capacity for feeling any anything besides anger and that's really like glorified like that that makes him a man I mean we like putting masculinity into grief as well mm-hmm. is just um, like adds a different perspective totally. but then as, as the years go by Dean instead because it's so funny that I'm like philosophizing about the show because I think no, it's, it's no ridiculous. I think it's, it's so nice. ridiculous I love no, I'm like I'm like not being self-deprecatory like the show is just like so bad but also <laughs> like, I want to clarify that but what's important to me is that Dean like started off as like this like hor- like obviously in pain like, like jailed by his own toxic masculinity, masculinity, I should say like the, yeah, toxic masculinity. And then it, and it progressed to like, oh wait, no, he's like suffering and he's aware of it. And he like truly can't break out of it. It's not something that's empowering him, him anymore. Yeah. And the world is not built in a way that it empowers somebody like that anymore. Um, so yeah, yeah that, that was, that was my thought of it. And something else I was noticing, Sarah, as you were talking is I, I think I used to have this really like strong rejection of being remembered because I I remember watching Game of Thrones, like another example. And these like, again, like horrible groups of people just wanting Mm -hmm. to be remembered, (laughs) wanting their name to live on and Mm -hmm. be remembered. And me just being like, oh, man, like, obviously, that's why (laughs) that's why they're all dead because they were never able to. You know, that's why they were all they all ended up, you know, dying in a horrible way, unfortunately. But Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about how you were saying just being known and being remembered and how different that is than being remembered for your status and your conquering, but just being known as somebody that existed and had not, not for anything that you did, just somebody that was in this world that happened and how important that feels to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's like, it's so, so powerful. And that this is like one of the reasons why I love this particular book series so much is while this particular knowing isn't necessarily applied to like to grief, it's more about like building relationships. I think that is like one of the, it is the crux of grief, right? Is that we know someone, we have that connection to someone in some capacity. And when it's gone, what do we do with that? Right. There was like this really beautiful quote and I, I'm kicking myself now because I can't remember who said it, but like grief is basically like loving someone, but that love having nowhere to go or like something along those lines, which I think in a lot of ways is very true. Like, obviously we can grieve about like other things and we may not necessarily feel like love, but 
I think there's a lot to be said about really caring and having like all of these positive, beautiful emotions about something or someone and your grief being proportional to those emotions, right? So if you really love and care about something or someone and then losing it, the intensity of your grief is going to be equivalent to those feelings. And I think that's, yeah, part of the human condition, right? Like, but it's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's also making me think of so many other, um, you know, like media representations of grief. And I think that's because it's so like, it's like critical to our, I don't know, critical is not the word, but just like integral, I guess. Yeah. Um, You know, just like how a lot of things are about grief. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 In ways that I think people don't necessarily realize either and like I guess this is like my like the advocate in me who like gets so riled up when it's like we should be treating grieving as so much more important as a society than we do because every single person on the planet is going to experience it you're going to experience it in one form or another like it full stop right because like I don't mean to be like a dark or like super existential, but this is also like my right. own like coping and like my own perspective on things. But like we are all going to die. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's a fact, like it's mm-hmm. a fact of life, like it's going to happen. And so can we give space for people to just feel those emotions when they experience that loss? Because it is an inevitability. Right? Like, why are we treating it like it's not a big deal? Unless it's one of those things where it's like, oh, how we're coping with everything is that like, oh, whatever happens all the time, which like, mm, I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> but- yeah, I, if I can, I, I can't believe it's taken me almost, you know, an hour and 20 minutes to mention capitalism, like directly, <laughs> but, but that's, but that's why, because yes. we're not, because there's no, I mean, unfortunately, there probably is a lot of market around grief and loss. I mean, absolutely, yeah. there is. There's, oh, a lot of books, yeah. there's a lot of books around it, but, but people who die aren't buying. Right it's, it is very, it is very true and it is, it is very constant. So we are not going to be talking about it, making space for them because they are not, you know, producing or consuming. Right. Um, Yeah. Unfortunately. So that is what has kind of, that is what has stripped us of this very human experience of grief and keeping, keeping lost important and loved ones you know, yeah. present, which yeah. is grieving them is keeping them, you know, present in the way that you can hold them. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. I oh, hate yeah, it, but it's I true. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <sighs> but thankfully, you know, and of course we like spread imperialism everywhere we go, but that is a lot of cultures have been, it's, as we read in the history lesson, a lot of uh, different ethnic cultures have been able to resist that um yeah. i think that like uh, that imperial reach like okay yes we we understand that this this is this harmful way of living is spreading everywhere but we're still going to keep this custom yeah. like there's no other way for us to mm-hmm. do it besides this yeah yeah mm-hmm. man yeah i'm just thinking yeah all the time <laughs> yeah oh so back. many thoughts 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 and thoughts coming through my head thoughts and thoughts Thoughts and thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think like just to kind of circle back and and put like a, I don't know, just like watch where your shoulds are, you know, like uh, I was even 
because like I had a pregnant body and then I very quickly didn't have a pregnant body. Mm. And so I was almost kind of like grieving the loss of that body, you know, like even though it was a very difficult yeah. body to be in, yeah. it was like, wow, this, I, you know, like there's some things about it that I miss. And, and my first thought was like, no, you should be happy because you've got your air quotes, old body back. Yeah. Um, but like, it was definitely a thought I had, I was like, wow, yeah, you know, I do miss it. It was a pretty yeah huge change um and like there's no way I should feel about it um but yeah just like watch those shoulds yeah kick them out yep so important yeah you should feel this way about this or this is how it should be like it's like that does not exist it's all arbitrary it's all made up yeah it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and not a mom not a mother don't really want to be one but like kudos to all the moms out there because there is grief that comes along with becoming a new mom Mm -hmm. because it is such a huge life transition Joanna like you were saying before and some for some moms it is having to grieve the loss of the person air quotes that you were before you became a mom right of like maybe not being able to do the same things that you used to be able to do before having to adjust your life in specific ways because now you have to take care of a baby and there can be like a lot of really wonderful beautiful things that can come from that experience but also like you're allowed to grieve the loss of the before yeah yeah for sure absolutely and yeah, yeah I, I mean there's sorry go ahead sir well I, i'm just like you know petitioning for uh replacing should statements with like allowed like permissive statements mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that yes. that would be yes uh, really, really cut the amount of shoulds down a lot yeah yep yeah, and there's just so much like stuff put on mothering and like what should be the right thing. And like it's, yeah, hooey. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. We put yeah, so and, much pressure, so much pressure on moms. Yeah. And just like the whole process and what's this good and bad. And it's like, mm-hmm. can't we just all go through this together and like yeah yes the mommy wars as mickey kendall called it the mommy wars Mm -hmm. hood feminism if you want to read it it's a great book (laughs) talks about it talks about the like mothering while disenfranchised and also just like mothering mothering while with any access and Mm -hmm. just the change that it that brings onto you Um, yeah 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's really interesting what's Mm -hmm. it called again sarah it's called Hood Feminism. I've got it on my phone. I am writing it. By Mickey Kendall, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, she's a writer out of Chicago. And nice. it's a great read on, uh, you know, women and AFAB individuals that the feminist movement forgot. So, you know, most, most, most people that are not wealthy white women. That's awesome. Wealthy cishet white women. Yeah. I love that. I'm going nice. to add that to my book list. <laughs> I, re- I really yeah. like how we also like put this into other issues that we've been talking about in the past because like everything yeah. is so entwined and I feel yes. like um I mean like the powers that be are like the man or the control like try to separate things where it's like no this is all kind of it's all together and yes it's like terrible soup yes <laughs> yeah grief is everywhere it is connected yeah. to like yes. everything even in ways that we like 
might not have expected it, like motherhood, for example, um, or like even even just like moving to a new city. Oh my gosh! You know, or moving selling to your... a new apartment. Like... Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like my my parents sold my childhood home oh, no! <laughs> over the pandemic. <laughs> Um, and I didn't get a chance to go home. Like the last time that I was home was like December, 2019. Um, and I mean, I'm fine. Like it, we, we allowed ourselves to do the processing. So we're like, good. Um, but like, that was super significant for me to just kind of realize, like, I have a lot of emotions about this Mm -hmm. because that's where I lived for 27 years. Like, I mean, like went to college, but it was always like home base for me. And then, yeah, it was like right before I turned 27 because I spent the last couple years of my 20s in the pandemic, which is another form of grief and love. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, tr- I turned 30 this year. Um, So saying goodbye to my 20s and like, mm-hmm. you know, moving on Happy from birthday. that. Um, happy thirties. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited. We've been waiting. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very excited to be in my thirties actually. Um, and like starting my own business and like doing podcast stuff. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. So there's like, there's like good stuff too, but it's also Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Allowing that space of what can sometimes feel like missed opportunities or like not being able to do certain things because of restrictions and stuff. And Mm -hmm. like, there is like sadness that comes with that. Um, and I like also, I guess to like talk a little bit too about like men, like Sarah, like you had been men- mentioning before too, like even when it was talking about supernatural, but like mm-hmm. men in the grieving process and how a lot of them it's like, oh, well you can, you should like, this is fine. <laughs> you don't even need to feel any emotions about it. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or feeling that anger and like the anger iceberg, right? This idea of like all of these other emotions underneath the surface are unacceptable, air quotes, unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anger is the acceptable emotion. And so you're going to express that anger because you can't express feeling like hopeless or helpless or sad or -hmm. whatever else you're experiencing. So talking also about that too, that, you know, AMAB people as well Mm -hmm. deserve to have space to feel all the different kinds of emotions, like that it's okay to cry, that it's okay to feel sad about this. Like, even if it was something that feels air quotes small, mm-hmm. or if it's something maybe a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. There's so many more things we can talk about. I'm like, I have all these branches going off in my head, but um... well, it does appear to me that you will be a returning guest if yeah. you're interested. <laughs> I mean, line. I would love that. that I, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. let's just Great. keep talking. If you would yeah. like, if you would like to have me back, I would love to come. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like, late, I am in a room with no air conditioning right now because of the noise. <laughs> but we will meet again, and probably in cooler times. Cool. Yeah, let's awesome. do that. <laughs> All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. What a pleasure it was. Thank you for talking to us about something that we need to talk about more. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, this was such a pleasure. Thank you both so much for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. Great. Before are there we any... say goodbye. Sorry, yes. go ahead. Yeah. Are, <laughs> are you asking our resources? Question. Is, that, is that what you were going to ask? That's and what social. Where can we find you on social? Yeah. Yeah. So I... Um, I have a Twitter and I have an Instagram though. The Instagram is not super active right now, but it's blue mug therapy, all one word, all lowercase on both of those. Um, I have a website too, but that's for like 
clients, but people can look you me can. up anyway. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's my first name and my last name. So Sarah Cownley, LMHC.com. Um, yeah, those are my socials and yeah, I don't really have like any other plugs though. I am, I am going to plug somebody else's Instagram, which I think is great. And it's a resource that I offer to like all of my clients. Um, so they're in Instagram and it's, what's your grief. It's two therapists from down in Maryland and they do a beautiful job. Um, I love the resources that they have on there. They talk about like all different kinds of grief, including disenfranchised grief. Um, there's like humor tossed in there too, which I think is really important. Um, so yeah, so people are like kind of seeking out additional resources. Like what's your grief is really great. They're going to publish a book soon too, which I ordered. Mm -hmm. It's coming out in September. Um, (laughs) and I pre-ordered it on Amazon. Um, and then also I had mentioned Ken Berenger, who is a grief counselor in Massachusetts as well. And he has a podcast called grief in brief, which is pretty cool. Grief in brief. Yeah. Grief in brief. Okay, great. Nice. Well, Sarah, best of luck with your practice. Best of luck with everything. And we hope we talk to you again soon. Definitely. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Instagram at TNDPod, on Twitter at TNDPod1, as in the number one, or visit our website at TNDPodcast.com. Bring, 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 bring. This is a a special announcement. (laughs) (laughs) um check out our patreon because sarah and i decided that we are not going to ever um have ads uh we're not gonna go down that that category is that okay to say that sarah that's perfect okay best way (laughs) to say it (laughs) that category of (laughs) things to be so we would appreciate your support on our patreon it's patreon.com slash tnd podcast to help us keep making this awesome podcast and keep having these like essential discussions that we're having um and uh you can also get some cool stuff you can you can listen to bonus episodes you can um look at our history lessons there's so many other things you can vote on topics that you'd like us to talk about in the bonus episodes i'm going off script now so who knows all these things happen. you can have i'd go yeah. off script too all of these all of these cool privileges Whoa. yes and also joanna i think maybe we'll add a tier and we can take this out if you don't want to do it but we mm-hmm. could also do shout outs to our top contributing oh patrons. yes we can we could do in the beginning of the episode shout outs to our friendies who give us the money mm-hmm. because you know joanna and i talk about not wanting to uh, you know, we are firm believers in working for money. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So, um, you can also email us if you have something to say, um, mm-hmm. which our email is therapists next door at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to be on our show, check out our Instagram. There's a link tree there. Um, and in that link tree, you can find a Google form uh, that has all the information that we would need from you to have you as a guest on the podcast. So that's pretty cool. Totally. And again, that yeah. Instagram account again is T again, again, again. Pod. Is again. <laughs> um, you can find me on uh, Instagram at tell therapy with Sarah. You yep. can find my uh, exciting blog with monthly blog posts about millennial and Gen Z mental health working Ooh. in anti-capitalism and that's teletherapy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do some coaching. I do some therapy for folks in PA. I am almost at max capacity. If you want to send a message or not, 
you do what you want. Jenna, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Oriana Therapy. That Instagram's maybe a little bit more uh, stuff's going on there a little bit more than usual. Um, and on the website at orianatherapy.com. I am accepting clients now. Um, yeah, I got some evening appointments and even some some weekend openings. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Um, and there might be some blog posts going on about my <gasps> anti-diet and body acceptance journey. So yeah. Um, yes, that's very exciting. And uh the other thing I'd like to plug is um the show Reservation Dogs. It's on Hulu, it's fantastic. <gasps> Yeah, they've got it. They've also got a really cool episode about grief, too, that I didn't mention, Um, (laughs) but it was really good. Um, Yeah, just like the voices that we need to hear. So it's such a good show. Love it. Yeah. uh, Made for or not made for, but made by and starring all indigenous. Yes. The writing uh, staff, producers, directors, producers. Yes. Like so cool. Support, support. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it's also like incredibly funny and endearing and um, just like a really good show. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Joanna, until next time. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Listeners, until wait. next time. <laughs> we are, we your, are your therapists, therapists next, next door. door. Bye. Bye.